0: The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive. Everybody, Curtin Anthony here. And joining us in studio now, it's Vermont State Treasurer Mike Pichak. Good morning. Hey, good morning.
1: Mike. Thank you for having me. You so before you. we get into some serious issues, Jump in on the poll. What was your
0: favorite all-time <laughs> comedy show and your second favorite?
1: So I was I was uh, thinking about that as I heard it on the radio, and I, w- I was mentioning that Seinfeld for, for years was my favorite show. But more recently, um, I think The Office is probably my favorite comedy show. But Great one. I was mentioning, <clears throat> you know, during the pandemic, when we're, we're removed from our friends, we're removed from our family, we're removed from our office situation. You know, I was binging Cheers, The Office, and Modern Family. And I feel like because of that experience I had with them during the pandemic, maybe I'd have to tie them all for three. But uh, is there something, there's something special about Cheers. I mean, it's a it's a show that's like stood the test of time. I think the same thing with The Office. Um, and probably, I mean, I, I do watch Seinfeld still. I think even Seinfeld has stood the test of time. I yeah. think so. And I will just say, look, the early vote has not come in
0: yet. Yeah, the absentee
1: ballots are I'm still out the there. Vote. Yes, I heard the military yeah. really likes cheers. Yeah. And there you go. So that may yet make a comeback before this is over. <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, <laughs> the uh, Office is so funny because when you rewatch it, there's some subtleties to it. Oh, yeah, you know, for like, sure. Especially between Jim and Pam and the glances.
1: And, yes. Like, yeah, it's one you can watch over and over and over again. Yeah, and I think, I mean, my, the character of Michael Scott's got to be like one of the oh. all-time best yeah. comedic characters. You know, he's just... Yeah. Um, so funny and so uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. When yeah. you
0: think about some of the stuff he said on that show, I'm not sure it could be even played anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true too. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, that's what no, I was going to say. One of his lines. I, was, I better <laughs> stay away. From yeah, um, yeah. All right. Now let's talk about uh, how are we doing with the state's credit rating. Are yeah. we still? Have we still?
1: You know, there's been some issues, but have we still maintained or? Yeah, so we just, you know, this summer and into this fall, we're doing a bond issuance for the state of Vermont. And every time we issue bonds, we go through the credit rating process because, you know, there has to be a rating associated with our bonds. When Mm -hmm. we sell them to investors, they know what kind of quality of investment they're getting. Um, So just in early August, we had the rating agencies come up uh, to Vermont. It was their first visit here since 2015. And I think quite a bit has changed since 2015. So we really wanted them to see on the ground, you know, how things are going in Vermont. Um, We started the day at Hula and we talked about the capital markets space that is here in Vermont that really wasn't here in 2015. I think the number is $550 million of venture capital money invested in Vermont companies in 2022. Wow. And if you look at the period from the pandemic to date, uh, it's 1.1 billion dollars in venture capital money invested in Vermont companies, and that puts us number one in the country in terms of the growth during the last two or three years since the pandemic. Interesting. So to be able to tell that story over a conference call um, or in a meeting in New York City is one thing, but to have them come up here, look at Hula, talk about the data, but also, you know, look at the phys- just look at the story that that facility tells and the businesses that we we're able to introduce them to. It was a really great opportunity, and we talked about housing in South Burlington and looked at the city center space Mm -hmm. that's going up in South Burlington. Uh, We went to Beta Technologies and talked about the advanced manufacturing space in in Vermont, Um, and we went to Winooski and talked about outdoor recreation, climate resiliency, and energy policy. And It was really a great opportunity to showcase Vermont, sort of the direction that we're heading. And I think all three rating agencies saw that. They reaffirmed our basically AA+, which is the second highest rating you can get. So they all reaffirmed that sort of second highest rating. They all acknowledged that our demographics have seen some improvements the last couple of years. They acknowledged that our debt is moving in the right direction. So our unfunded liabilities are getting smaller on the pension. Our outstanding bonds are getting less and less as we're using cash more and more to build things instead of bond for them. But they, I think, basically they said we want a couple of more years to make sure uh, these trends continue. So right. I would say we're very much on the right track in Vermont for moving to the highest, for high moving rating? to AAA. Exactly right. So I think we're on the right track. I think one of the big things that got us out of AAA was you know not addressing the pension liabilities that were growing mm-hmm. over the last decade, and those were addressed a couple of years ago. And we're starting to see the results. the unfunded ratio is is going up, meaning that there's more and more money there that that ratio was about fifty percent for the teachers now it's getting closer to sixty percent so just a couple of years ago, we only had maybe fifty percent of the dollars we needed to pay for all of the liabilities that the state was on the hook for now that's getting closer to sixty percent we have about sixty percent of all the dollars that we need so it's moving in the right it's, direction it's, it's headed in the right direction yeah, yeah and there's some things like you know. This is a little technical, but they, they have about a $15 million, they call it the, the ADEC plus payment that they're starting this fiscal year. And that'll happen for another f- five fiscal years, I believe. So it's an amount of money on top of everything we're doing that we're putting toward the pension fund to pay it down. More Just quickly. injecting
2: it. directly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think it, you know, that, it was great to get reaffirmed. It was great to be able to tell the story about the things that are happening uh, in Vermont. Um, it was good to get the reaffirmation of our strong credit rating. Um, but I do believe we're on the right track if we keep, you know, keep everything up. Now, did what? they? Uh, Go ahead. I was just going to
2: say, did the actions of this last uh, session of the legislature, did they reference that when they said they just want to see uh, what what happens in the next couple of years? Because it it does seem
1: like we kind of broke the bank in spending. Yeah, there's two things I think about the most recent legislative session that we wanted to sort of work with them on and talk to them about one was just the politics of it right because the governor vetoed the budget and then he was overridden and you know we talked about that um and sort of addressed it head on but you know i think ultimately the thing that we still do in vermont that can't be said for a lot of other states is that all of those disagreements were about policy issues you know how to um you know, we, we largely had the same goals, like particularly, f- like, for example, child care. Right. But there were policy differences on how to achieve the goals mm-hmm. and how quickly to achieve them and how much to spend right away. And those are good things to have debate and discussion about in government and in politics. And in other places across the country, they're not having substantive policy debate. So even though there was this, you know, disagreement around how to pass the budget, I think it was still – highlighting Vermont as a healthy democracy, being able to talk about those issues and, and ultimately have a process to deal with them. On the revenue side, you know, the, the the other thing that happened right before the rating agency meetings was that the revenue forecast was upgraded. Um, so we had another 50, 60, $70 million. That was unexpected uh, that the uh, Joint Fiscal Office uh, was able to identify uh, for the legislature and for the governor. So you know we will see what happens with our revenues but um one of the things we pointed out to the rating agencies was over the last couple of years based on the tax data 6000 people have moved to vermont now that i don't think that number is like an accurate number there's a lot of things that you know they right. overcount undercount same yeah. thing with the census data yep but the irs has been tracking that inbound migration data since 1993 and this is by far the biggest two year period we've ever seen in Vermont for inbound migration. So just comparing it against historically what we've seen, we know that there's been a lot of inbound migration the last couple of years, okay And then when you look at what what are the age groups and what are the incomes eighty four percent of those inbound migrants were in the age group of twenty six to forty four so the younger demographic that we want right um and seventy seven percent were earning adjusted gross income of over $100,000 with many of them owning
2: income is substantially more.
1: Yeah. So it, and it translates into our revenues. Our personal Mm -hmm. income tax has gone from about 800 million to 1.2 billion. So there, you know, there are things that are fundamentally different about Vermont's tax base. I believe that can support, uh, you know, more spending on certain projects. Um, but we want to make sure that we are not stalling; right. <laughs> that we continue to see growth. It. And yeah. yeah, we're talking to Vermont State Treasurer Mike Pichak
0: and uh, Mackenzie Country Classic Hotlines open 414-0303, and
2: we'll go to it. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the Morning Drive.
0: Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning. Um, just a quick question here: Is the money we are spending on social services and all these uh, programs that do not bring money into the state, do those exceed the revenue that's coming into Montpelier from businesses and investments out in the system? Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. So Vermont is one of the only states that does not have a balanced budget requirement in our Constitution, but that being said, every year the budget is balanced, and this current year's budget and the, the year that we just completed and the year that we're going into – Those are balanced budgets. If for some reason the revenues decrease uh, or expenditures go up unexpectedly, uh, the legislature and the governor will meet and address that and and produce a balanced budget again. Um, On top of that, we have sort of historic reserves as well. We have about half a billion dollars in reserves for the state of Vermont. So we're, you know, so even if something like that were to happen unexpectedly, we have a really strong cushion uh, to withstand an economic downturn or unexpected expenses. All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive.
2: No, I just can't resist asking, is there a reason you kept these people entirely within Chittenden County? Were you afraid to bring them to Rutland or Brattleboro? What that might have done to our rating?
1: Well, growing up in Brattleboro, I was a little afraid to bring them down there, to tell you the truth, but I'm just joking. (laughs) So it really just came down to, um, But but I guess the caller's point being, I
0: mean, Chittenden County obviously is the, you know, if they, Is it a legitimate question to say if they saw other parts of the state, would that have affected things?
1: Well, I thought they were like, I wanted to bring them to St. Albans and I wanted to bring them to Rutland, particularly St. Albans. So I think St. Albans is sort of, you know, an an example of a lot of the things we were talking about in Chittenden County that are happening outside of Chittenden County. They're building more homes. There are people that are moving there. Uh, There's businesses that are growing there and, and moving there as well. So I, you know, It really just came down to a time factor. We wanted to get as much in with them as we could. And basically what we had was a single day. They had one day of of visiting Vermont, and then we had one day of one-on-one meetings. So if we were to go to Rutland or Brattleboro, it would just take up a significant part of the day uh, in terms of what we can uh, show them and talk to them about. We We did have, I should say, representatives from across the state come to these different discussions that we had about manufacturing, about uh, outdoor recreation. And you we know. do want to do what we can to keep that credit rating up
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness, yes. But let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Uh, good morning. Uh, this is uh, Connor. I'm calling in from Um uh, I had a quick question just about, I mean, we, we're going to have all these expenses to repair from the flooding. And, I mean, one, is the state going to be able to afford all of this in addition to, like, federal money and, just overall, you were talking about the credit rating, but what, what do state's finances look like overall?
0: Good question. Um, with with We know that we're going to get a lot of help from the feds, but how much will affect us outside of the money we get from the feds?
1: Yeah, so just to talk about the, the state expenses to begin with, you know, they're still calculating the cost, but we know that um, we didn't experience something like Waterbury after Irene, where the wa- state Waterbury, you know, that state complex was totally yeah. destroyed. But, for example, our offices are, are unusable and I think will be for six more months, maybe longer. That's the pavilion where the governor's office is, the attorney general. Yeah. Um, there's a whole variety of other offices around the statehouse complex that are not usable for the foreseeable future. So there will definitely be expenses for the state of Vermont on uh, top of transportation expenses and road fixtures and things like that. So it was a really good time to get a revenue upgrade, um, and the revenue upgrade was largely based on interest that we're earning at the treasurer's office on all of the cash that we're holding in our bank account right now. We're um, holding about 2.3, 2.4 billion dollars in cash. Usually, pre-pandemic, that number would be like one or two hundred million. So it's really significantly higher. Wow! And the interest rates, as you all know, five and a half percent. We have a new contract with our primary bank where we're getting that Fed rate for our money, which is great. I, I it's a great thing our team accomplished that and it's it means you know that's a significant amount of money yeah it's you know so that i think of that money as one-time money though because the interest rates are never gonna stay as high as they are right but it makes a it's significant buffer on the other end while
2: the other interest rates are going up you're actually getting prime rate on the to over two billion
1: dollars yeah. in cash the state has in the bank, so it's huge, and 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 that is something that was just recognized in the recent revenue forecast. So that so there is money there for the federal match for the mm-hmm. FEMA, um, and uh, you know that so that's it's a you know it's a good time for this kind of a, a, a disaster to happen for Vermont from a fiscal standpoint because we have the resources to respond to it outside of the state um, impact. You know, I think the I think the bigger question is <clears throat> not so much how do we rebuild quickly in places like Montpelier and Barry and Johnson, but how do we get ahead of the next storm yeah. in those communities and in the countless communities that weren't impacted by this storm? Uh, and that's really tough to do because, you know, you don't have the, you don't necessarily have the federal money that comes with uh, cleaning up after disaster, trying to get out ahead of the disaster is a more challenging uh, situation. All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive.
0: Hi. Good morning. Now, the state of Montana last week announced that they are now debt free. They've paid down all their state debt, and that each uh, taxpayer is going to get a four thousand dollar rebate. And they're going to downward adjust all their taxes from here on in. I understand the state of Vermont is three point two or three point four trillion or billion in debt, and our <laughs> debt debt service annually is like eighty five million dollars. Is, is that true? Or, and are we doing anything about getting our debt down?
1: Yeah. So just to, to to um, pick that apart just a little bit so that billion dollar number that sort of goes toward the pension and that's the, you know, the unfunded liability and we're paying that down. And when we are paying on top of it, we're really just paying ourselves. So that's not so much an interest payment, but we do need to put the money there over time to get it back to a more healthy situation. But the number for Vermont that you're referring to the amount of debt that we have outstanding where we're paying interest on it to other people, you know, that's about $550 million in that ballpark, give or take, a, you know, some amount of money, you know, but it's around $550 million. And we do pay debt service on that of about $70 million uh, every year. Now, we are on a trajectory to get closer to what Montana has just accomplished. The every year, there's an organization called the CDEC. And it and the treasurer is the chair of it, and they produce an, a, a, a sort of top-line estimate for the legislature on how much they should go out and spend on bonding. And for the last 10 years or so, that recommendation has gone down 30%. So that's something that the legislature and the governor has always followed, that recommendation from CDAC. And the CDEC recommendation year over year is to go out for less and less and less debt. So as we're paying off our older debt and we're not going out with as much debt – then we're paying down that outstanding obligation over time. Now, the other question you could ask is, well, what about projects that we have to complete? We still have to build things. And that's where this thing called a cash fund comes in. So we're building things more with cash than we ever have in Vermont. It's just starting. It needs to grow. But there is a a funding mechanism now for that cash fund to grow over time so that more and more of our um, expenses will be paid with cash uh, instead of on the state's credit card, if you will. So the caller brings up a, you know, a, a great point. We're we're just not quite there yet as Montana, but we are, like I said, moving in that trajectory and have for basically the last decade to pay down our outstanding debt obligations and start paying more of these projects with cash.
2: All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning yeah, drive. My... Go ahead. Hold on one
0: second. second. No, we got to go. <laughs> Thank Thanks a lot. Oh, he's working. Uh, yeah, sorry. It's
1: okay. You're <laughs> so, on the air. How, yeah, sorry about that. How long do you think the constant uh, raises in taxes, fees, etc. for revenue are sustainable in this state for uh, the populace?
2: Vermont is one of the top five tax burden states in the U.S., and it seems like there's got to be a breaking point where we have to stop being taxed so
1: much yeah so I think that you know for all of our economic issues I think the I think the one i think the primary thing that we have to solve for that will help things like how much everyone individually pays in taxes uh is the housing is the housing situation. We see the demand for people to move to Vermont you know we cited the last two years where more people have moved here than any other two year period in the last thirty years, and that naturally rose our revenue from eight hundred million to $1.2 Now, there are other things there that accounted for that too, but certainly a large chunk of that increase were from people that moved here from out of state um, with uh, remote jobs that were high paying. Now, that put a lot of pressure on our housing, and that put um, a lot of pressure on people trying to afford to live in Vermont, for one thing. Uh, But the other thing that it will restrain us on is if we don't continue to see that kind of inbound migration and we don't support that kind of inbound, inbound migration, then the tax burden will get heavier and heavier and heavier for those of us that are here. The governor says it, um, and he said it repeatedly, but we don't need more taxes. We need more taxpayers. And you can see that in the data. When we got more taxpayers, our revenues went up quite significantly. So I think to to the caller's point, if we can build the necessary amount of housing to make housing more affordable for everyone in Vermont and to continue to have solid growth in our demographics, I think we um will be able to support all of the things that we want without needing to raise taxes and fees in the ways that we have.
0: And Mike, you're serving on the school construction task force with other with legislators and education officials. Um what is the what do you, what do you hope will come out of that? Um and does that include as part of that are you looking at this the PCB issue in the schools all and, you know because obviously there's that is a huge, huge issue. As is they are going to find more and more schools with the PCB issues like
1: Burlington that? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, the School Construction Task Force, we're going to get started in earnest here in the next week or so. And it's something that I'm really excited to work on because as we talk about potentially demographics changing in certain parts of our state, then you have to be talking about those kind of services that communities provide to make sure mm-hmm. that they're of uh, sufficient quality to attract and retain, you know, Vermonter's. And one of the most important services is our public school and our public education system. So Vermont, since 2007, has not been supporting at the state level school construction directly. So every other state in the country, I understand, certainly every other state in New England, does have a program that the state supports school construction at the local level. Some states are very generous. Some states are just a small percentage. But we've had this moratorium since 2007 And this task force is designed to look at that and say, should we implement another mechanism to help support the local communities, build uh, or um, rehabilitate, uh, renovate uh, some of the local schools that we have uh, in our communities? So that's going to be the work of the task force. We'll also be looking at the PCB issue. Um, And I think one of the things you want to try to avoid is if there's a significant cost and remediation going on in a school, And then a year or two later, there's an identification that really the entire school needs to be replaced. I think we're just trying to make sure that that PCB investigation and remediation work, you know, works well together in an era of potentially renovating, expanding, consolidating, building new schools, uh, and that there's not a double, you know, there's not a double expenditure going on.
2: You want to one? Oh, we got time for one more quick call. Good morning. You're live on the Morning Drive. Yeah, I just have a quick question. Um, I've been looking at investments and so forth and so on, and I have some treasuries. And I called um, the education department because they're supposed to be exempt from state tax, um, but they are part of the uh, household uh, income, educational um, component, um, and a few other things, I think, too. But I was wondering if you could address that because I did talk to my investment firm and um, they're in every state around here, or whatever, in the United States. And they just said that they were very surprised at that. So I'll hang up and listen to your response. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, so usually when you're buying like the state bonds that we were just talking about, Mm -hmm. uh, or the federal bonds, they're attractive because they're exempt from certain local uh, and federal taxes. So I, I would suggest the caller reach out to the Vermont Tax Department. There is a Taxpayer advocate uh, in the tax department uh, that could either help get you the answers that you're not paying that tax, or get you the specific reason why, why for some are. reason, what yep. particular investment you're holding uh, might be different than that general rule. Gotcha.
0: Real quick, do the do the rating agencies give you any cautions uh, to say, hey, if you know you gotta be watchful of this or that? Or, yes, because it could lead it could lead to a downgrade. Do they?
1: Yeah, they basically, they usually cite things that are sort of a favorable upcase, case, and then they cite things that are sort of a, a non-so-favorable uh, downside uh, case. So in the downside case, what they worry about is um, these trends that we were talking about in terms of the unfunded liability, uh, closing up, the amount of debt outstanding going down. Say if those trends, you know, reverse, then that would be a concern for them. If our demographics get worse, then that would be a concern for them. Um if revenues are not you know are outpa you know if expenses are outpacing revenues, that would obviously be a concern for them so those those the indicators on all of those are in the right direction right now, but those are three of the things that we want to um, really pay really close attention to so strong fiscal management of uh, the state's uh, resources, um, building more homes to address the demographic issue uh, and really the revenue issue as well. All right. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Mike Pichak, Vermont State Treasurer, thanks for being on the morning
2: drive today. Yeah, thank you both for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in. $2 billion in cash. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, check in with Fox News. Uh, Andrew's got the headlines, and we'll be back with Hannah Manley from...